I'm talking with the wonderful Karen Hoyt today, who's our latest HEP hero, and she's talking to us from Oklahoma in the United States. Good morning, or good afternoon, Karen. Good afternoon, Mark. It's really nice to speak with you today about hepatitis. It's about yourself, because you're a HEP hero. Um, how did it feel? And it's a little accolade, but it's one that's important to us. And of course, we know now with um, the new drugs that are available that it can be defeated, that it's, it's not a life sentence and it's something which can be eradicated. Exactly, and, and the, the time scale for cure is without, in, in most cases, um, many side effects or any side effects at all. It's extraordinary. It's really about getting government on board, at least from the Australian perspective. Our government is on board and um, it's available, the treatment to anybody here um, who presents with the symptoms or, or with any um, diagnosis, which is... Karen, uh, we talked a little bit about your background. Can you talk a little bit more um, just about how you got involved with the liver um, and promoting it? Because I know you're a, a successful author of a book as well as being a well-known advocate. When you're given that diagnosis that you're getting ready to die. So I grew up in a, in a home where volunteer work and community work was just a big part of what we did. And we always, we always helped other people. I was, my dad was an alcoholic, and so I saw liver disease and what it could do. I chose not to drink. And then when I got hit with hepatitis C or as, a, as an adult, uh, boy, I, it didn't affect, I didn't know I had it until my liver failed in my early 50s. And I was actually cycling once I found out. And I began to research, and it seemed like most of my research was done late at night when you're tired and there was a lot of frightening information on the internet in 2010 and I didn't find a lot of hope and so one of my vows that I made was that if I could ever get an opportunity I would like to start a website and help people understand Mark when people have uh, the 
the stage three or four liver disease, even if they're just really sick with the virus and you know maybe only stage two liver disease, they have what's called brain fog. And life is confusing in general, but if they're working really hard as any hepatitis virus, if you've got liver disease or you've got an active virus in your liver, you're, it's, it's overwhelming to get that kind of a diagnosis. And it's really hard to deal with. And I just wanted to try to understand it myself and then help other people. Some of my early blogs are almost embarrassing. I was so sick trying to make sense of it. I get good feedback every morning. My inbox is full and, and it makes me want to continue to write and help other people. Despite the illness day, day by day, you were able to be so positive and, and advocate. How did you do it? Well, What were the dark moments along the way? Was there any moment that really you could look back on and say that was a low ebb? How did you overcome that? Receiving a transplant, it's a major um, procedure, isn't it, of course, and, and there's a lot of time taken in recovery. How did you deal with that? and varices, 
Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, the worst thing that can happen is if I get liver cancer <laughs> and then I go on it. Mm-hmm. And then the worst thing that could happen is that the, the tumors had to be shrunk and I had to get a transplant. And then I got it. And I just kept, you know, facing each crushing blow as it came. And what I found was by getting into a relationship with a good medical team and not giving up on myself, not giving up, you know, when I would be denied a treatment or if I were if I were denied um, sometimes respect, I just kept going back and kept going back and not, not letting myself get down about. I didn't actually say goodbye to my family, but boy, that's a scary surgery to go into. You, you just briefly alluded to some stigma and discrimination, and how did you cope with that along the way? During a couple of my hospital visits, when you, know, when you go in through ER and you're bleeding, and um, I, was, I was treated uh, kind of poorly in the beginning, and my family and I, we didn't understand that, that kind of treatment, but the hepatitis virus does have a lot of stigma. So nurses begin to put on their mask and everybody gloves up and you feel untouchable and you can feel very dirty real quickly. And that's a, a poor position to be in because you feel so powerless over the virus anyway. You've got brain fog and you feel weak and it's really hard when people treat you poorly. I think that's why people who have the virus need to stay in connection with an advocate or with an organization like HEPVIC, where they can find people who will give them confidence in themselves and where they won't be treated with the shame or stigma. One of our biggest goals, in a sense, is to challenge stigma in, in all its forms, and we do that quite quite um, strongly in our work. But. Was the stigma your biggest surprise about um, this journey in terms of hepatitis and, and, and having a liver transplant, or were there other surprises? I think the stigma might have been my biggest surprise because as a teacher and as a, um, a community volunteer, I wasn't used to being treated poorly. And then to find that people did treat me poorly because of my diagnosis was a surprise. And I, I just reared my head back and kind of roared. And that may be another reason why I want to be a hero, because just like the heroes we grew up with in, in cartoons and on television, when someone was powerless against a monster, when someone is powerless against um, a big mean villain, all the heroes, if you think about it, Mark, they were modern, normal, everyday people. They lived in caves, or they, you know, they had a kryptonite, they had some kind of a superpower, but they were all just regular people fighting their own problems. And it was because they fought through their problems, they wanted to help others. So yeah, stigma was a very big surprise. And if anything, it made me want to advocate even more, to reach out to other people who were stigmatized. Your book is actually a big part of what you're doing to to challenge stigma and to help people. Um, Tell us about your book. In my book, I share my story, but I also talk to people about all phases of liver disease and how to shop, how to cook, and then how to eat. I take them through a kitchen makeover and make nutrition. That when we get alone, like I said earlier, when we get alone with our body, then we'll make choices that are good for us, that'll help us to have the energy that we need to move into our future. From the beginning, I began to read medical journals and try to make sense of it. I linked with uh, Lucinda Porter, who's a nurse with hepatitis C. She's since cleared the virus, and Dr. Don Jensen, and, and um, Daryl Luster out of Canada. So I linked with other advocates. They found me pretty quick, and we all began to share information that comes from 
they, um, the liver meetings that are held all over the world, the, the newest trends. But you know, so then you take it back. I'm just a girl from Oklahoma. And we can all make it just so simple to shop, cook, eat, and stay active. Keep a pair of shoes by the door and, and keep some healthy food in the fridge. Have a few recipes going. And we can all, we can all overcome. I really believe it's that easy. You're part of the um, Transplant Olympics, isn't that right? Uh, right now I'm part of an advisory team. And we're going to meet next year in Newcastle, England for the road race for um, transplant recipients to go race against each other. I'm, current the, I'm currently the gold medal winner for the United States in cycling for my division. Getting treated for hepatitis C doesn't end all of your problems if you still have addictions. Getting treated, getting treatment for hepatitis B does not solve all your problems. You still have to deal with family issues or you have to learn how to live a healthier lifestyle. I think getting, uh, getting treated and getting cleared of the virus, it's just the beginning of a new stage of life and learning to live healthier. It's the same as true of a transplant. So clearing cancer by getting a transplant ended, you know, the cancer threat. And, but I got a six foot three boy's liver. He weighed 200 pounds and I had to learn how to walk again. It kind of changed the way my body moved. So I continue to stay really active to overcome those physical challenges through yoga and through the road race and encouraging other transplant recipients, hey, you've got a new set of problems now. How can we get healthy? How can we move into our future? And then there will be people with hepatitis C and hepatitis B, viral hepatitis and liver disease listening to this program. If you had just three really simple tips for them, what would you say? You know, number one I would say is nutrition because our, everything that we eat can help our body to heal or it can harm us. And our liver is the largest organ in our body and it supports so many other organs. So number one is to eat liver-loving food and to avoid foods that would harm your liver. Second would be an active lifestyle. So get up and keep moving and don't allow yourself to get down and, and um, get in the chair and become molded to a, 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 a inactivity. Because I think inactivity can really cause depression, it can cause us to feel physically fatigued, and it, it exacerbates fatigue. You know, you have fatigue and um, ascites, and you have brain fog, and sitting down doesn't help it. So getting up and just moving. So nutrition and physical activity, and then the third one I would say would be uh, mindfulness. And that may sound a little esoteric, but I think being aware of how we're thinking about our life, you know, not identifying as a, as a person with, um, you know, some grave illness, but rather just saying, hey, I'm just a person who has liver disease and I can overcome it. I won't let it define me. So that mindfulness aspect of just, hey, how are you, how are you thinking about life today? How are you feeling? Do you have, I'm, I'm a person who has feelings of depression. I'm a person who has a lot of fear. I'm a person who's very scared about my future. I don't know what to do next. What wise thoughts from you there, Karen? That's wonderful. Thank you very much. What could we be doing more as a, as a, as a community to help? We're not the darling of, of viruses like uh, HIV was. Mm. Hepatitis is, we haven't gotten near the recognition, and yet it affects so many more people. So I think just continuing, it's like against all odds. We're going to continue to have this conversation with each other. We're going to connect continent to continent, house to house. 
But I think for the patients themselves, I'm real big on tell your story. I think everybody has a story of hepatitis, and we all need to be willing to tell our story to create awareness, not be ashamed, not have stigma, but feel the shame of that, but just to tell their story, hey, I found out I had hepatitis, and here's how I'm dealing with it. Have you been tested? Or I have hepatitis, and here's the medicine. I wish we could just all stand up and say, I have a virus, or I had a virus, and here's here's how my body's dealing with it. And I think telling our story is so important. Just final thoughts on being a hep hero and what it might mean in terms of you presenting your story. Well, I'm a former English teacher, so I, I, I help students to learn to write stories. And I believe that every single one of us is a hero. We all have a setting that we were born in. We all have, and if you, your teacher taught you to write stories, we all have a setting. We all have uh, the people around us and the geography and the family environment. We all have rising actions as we head towards a high point in our lives. And then we all have a climax in our story. Unfortunately, some of us had um, a big foe to be, to be, which was hepatitis, and it, it kind of became the center of our story. But we all have that conclusion, which can be a good one. So I just, I just think of everyone uh, would continue this process of writing our story, getting up every day and writing a story. I can, I can write my own ending with hepatitis. The other thing that we must say before we finish is to thank you so much for your help and advocacy with the Liverwell app. Apps help people my age, you know, who maybe have treated for the virus and still on meds or whatever. They help us. We really need those reminders because we get busy, we forget, we go to sleep and forget medicine. But I think young people like apps and your app is cool and it's really savvy and it's mm. super full of education. And I think, I think that's why you're going you're gonna to really uh, be able to reach a younger generation with your app. I'll go on that one. So thank you so much, Karen. We really are so happy that you're able to join us from Oklahoma today. Well, thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure to be your guest. It's a pleasure to partner with you and to be a part of everything Hepatitis Victoria is doing. And I certainly look forward to any efforts we can work together in the future.